Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Guys, we're in January now and as there was so much Star Wars content, well especially Star Wars content, there was loads of content announced by Disney Plus at the end of last year. We just wanted to take a couple of, I know we've touched on it briefly, but we wanted to take a couple of weeks to process it and then we wanted to start the year off talking about everything we're kind of looking forward to seeing in the mainly the shows that have kind of spun off the Mandalorian so the Ahsoka series the Rangers of the Republic etc um so in this episode we're going to dive into that we're going to dive into all the possibilities all the things that we are thinking about that we would like to see most we're also going to talk about the fantastic Gosh, I hope they do more episodes, but it looks like we're only going to get one episode of the Gallery documentary series, which follows on from The Mandalorian. But I'm really hoping we get more, because when you watch it, they kind of it's just so fascinating seeing the dynamic and behind the camera of all the other directors that are coming in. Plus, they don't touch on the Luke Skywalker stuff, so fingers crossed we can get a bit of behind-the-scenes of the whole process of how Mark Hamill came to being involved in The Mandalorian. So, one day, come on Disney+, Plus, give this to us, we need it. So, without further ado guys, here's the next episode of the Jedi Order podcast. This is what I love now, that we get after every Mandalorian series. And you know, I really hope we get it after other series, but it's this gallery documentary uh, that you get on the Mandalorian. They've obviously done this in a different way this time. I think you're getting maybe only a couple of episodes rather than almost an episode per episode of the season to a certain extent. But for me, I can watch, I can almost watch the making of more so than I can watch the actual series itself. Just because it's so fascinating to find just to everybody to tell you from the directors, the costume designers, the writers and everything, how they are going about making this what it is. Yeah, I mean, I had watched some of the Mandalorian first season one uh, making ofs. And yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, like, and also, you know, kind of, Whenever you see a behind-the-scenes Star Wars kind of making of, it's always so fascinating to see just how they do everything, and and also just the appreciation that you can see of like the level of detail that has gone into like every aspect of the production. And I mean, you know, I mean, we've been fawning over this series of Mandalorian. Um, I mean, it really has been quite the viewing spectacle. Uh, eight episodes of pure Star Wars action-filled joy um so to see you know to see this kind of uh this making of and breaking down kind of you know having dedicated sections for each episode as well and working the way through the you know 
the directors, the feature directors that they bring in and and seeing Filoni and Favreau kind of overseeing the whole thing and, and talking about how they wanted to make it so big. And, and it was, it's beautiful. I mean, the passion is just so astounding. And, you know, <laughs> seeing it, I was kind of, it gave me a new appreciation for it because, um, I mean, just the joy of Filoni and Favreau on set. And, and also when, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard is there and she's just saying like, it's just so much fun all the time. It's just mm. everything is so much fun. And I'm, I was just like, it looks like fun. I yeah. want to be there. You know, I want to be there with you guys. I just want to be a guy in the background bringing drinks or something. It looks awesome, you know? Yeah, to actually be on the set. I mean, so much so. Just Filoni and Favreau talking about yeah. whether it's the set that they're on, whether it's a particular character thing, whether it's yeah, the reaction, say yeah. it's a reaction or say, and Favreau's like, giddy as a child going well maybe we could say him to this and Filoni's like yeah I don't know if the character would say that I'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah I don't know if we can get away from that and they're just like chuckling the back as like these two little kids with their Star Wars toys but instead their Star Wars toys are like five six foot people in <laughs> yeah. in these amazing like millions of dollar sets where they're actually getting to pretty much play with their figures in front of them and react reenact it in a way which is proved so epic but it's so good watching those i think we should just have one of these episodes where it's just favreau and feloni interacting on set <laughs> i mean That's all it is. i would love to yeah like see a kind of a day in the life of of, of the, i mean we, we get it here sort of but yeah i would love to see kind of even more of that because yeah you know as as Bryce Dallas Howard says again, um, you know, it's like we're they're all six year olds playing, you know, on set, but with like a, a life size set, and and I mean, yeah, and I, I mean, that was one of the things that I loved about watching this is seeing how much reality there was in going into the production. I mean, for me, you know, we've discussed this before on you know on the prequel podcast uh, or the podcast about the prequels, where you know sometimes we see that. You know, with George Lucas to bring his his vision to light, they relied so much on CGI uh, green screen, especially like the kind of older school model, which was even newer to many actors then. That like you know, and that that you kind of lose some of that Star Wars familiarity of like that warned look of just the society and how it is that um, that you know it, it's been lived in. You know, it's real. It, it's kind of. It, it's worn the, the sands of time and, and now it's it's in this form and you know it's something that you can touch and feel and imagine that you're really there and, and that's what I loved about seeing this is that the amount of sets that they created and just kind of used that interesting screen to kind of create the background, the backdrop for it um, and just the level of detail that's going into the costumes and the makeup and just all these little, you know, the ships and the, he you know, the dragon heads and everything, I mean it's just it was so impressive, and, and and I loved that. I loved the fact that they were creating souls in that way. That it was like a reality almost, and that like they, you know, it's something that you wanted to touch and play with. And you know, it just, I mean, watching it, it just makes you think, yeah, that you know, it reminds me of being a kid and playing with Star Wars toys and and maneuvering them in the way that you want, and uh, and you know, seeing them kind of bring it to life, and um, and also using aspects of Star Wars that you know. Um, 
like one of the things I loved is when they were discussing, you know, the second episode um, with the ice spiders, mm. you know, and the, and the uh, the set designers discussing about how that was originally a concept, you know, for a spider on on Dagobah, you know, yeah. um, in Empire Strikes Back, and I loved the fact that they had this sort of idea which had been laying around and never really been like put anywhere. So it's Ra- Ralph McCurry concept art. Yeah, exactly. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then how they just brought it to life, you know, on on, on this ice planet, and it was just I, I I love that kind of innovativeness and 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 also just the the, the kind of extent of their imagination that they're, they're there's so many great ideas and and you know seeing them being able to like bring it to life is just so joyful as you know as a fan and and seeing Fabry kind of do it and. And the dedication to every like detail, you're like, oh my god, you know, this is in such great hands, you know, to bring it to life. <laughs> it made me kind of emotional, actually, you know, in terms of just seeing the dedication and the amount of people on set at all times, and mm-hmm. the way they were building each set, and then they had this screen around it. It was just so, oh, just yeah, I loved it. I really, really loved it. It kind of it gave me a new appreciation to. It. I mean, I you know, watching it, you really knew that season two was amazing, but seeing this, it's like. Okay, now you know why it's amazing because, like, you're just—you've got people who really, really love the show and love the writing and love every aspect of it, and just, yeah, it's that passion that just shines through, you know. And also, you know, getting David Cho in to do like the artwork—that <laughs> was just such a wild little detail that I had no idea about, you know. And, and he's, he's just kind of—he's in there, you know. Oh, David Cho's just done the artwork, and he's on, you know, layers and layers of it, and you know, it's just, yeah, there were so many kind of little fun fun little easter eggs that you're like oh my god like wow they're like the detail is even more than i would have ever imagined you know they've gone kind of a step beyond yeah Um, so yeah it's just so innovative um it's the way also that kind of um i just love the way that favreau and filoni obviously favreau he writes pretty much all of it i think it's only a few a couple of episodes three four episodes maybe that he hasn't written but how he allows, he brings in and him, Filoni, and obviously the producing team, they bring in all these other directors and especially getting some of the cast to be able to direct because we get Carl Weathers directing in this second season and it would be great maybe we have like Pedro Pascal directing in season three and stuff like that And but it's how they kind of allow them to do their own thing but they're always on set to just it's almost like filter through this information of just detailed information when it comes to Star Wars, when it comes to the character. And you see it, especially on the Bryce Dallas Howard episode where you get the second unit director doing the hallway scene of them taking the ship and Favreau just coming in going, like, this is it. Obviously, it's a team of Mandalorians, but he's not part of this team. So they're completely in sync. And when they come forward to doing the way they're shooting and taking everybody out, they should be completely in sync, but we need to also maybe shoot it in a way where the Mando's not in sync because he is not a part of their crew. Whilst he is a Mandalorian, he is his own person. And you just kind of, it's that kind of depth that blows my mind. Yeah. That someone's thinking it's like to most people, you'd be shooting this hallway scene. What we're doing this hallway scene You've got your four Mandalorian characters. They're taking out these six stormtroopers. And it's a sequence which is taking up 35, 45 seconds. 
And then we're moving on to the next scene, which is another hallway scene or something like that. Yeah. So when you just when you would have thought a lot of people, maybe not, but a lot of people would just be like, okay, that's scene, that's scene. You shoot here, you shoot, blah, 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 take them all out. You guys are as a team doing it all together. But it's the fact that you get, this is why the Mandalorian is so great and Favre's coming and going, yeah, but that's slightly, it's like nothing is missed, is it? Every single element, whether it's a 30-second sequence or a three-minute or five-minute sequence, it's nothing's missed when yeah. it comes to telling the story of this character. Yeah, and I, uh, I I think it really shines through as well with like the director choices that you see that, you, you know, they're these big names and obviously, you know, they're clearly Star Wars fans, but you don't realise just how big of Star Wars fans they are and how like right they are to be chosen to do this, you know, like, I mean, you know, besides having Carl Weathers who's already in the series, but, you know, I, I loved when Robert Rodriguez was kind of <laughs> uh, talking about you know, the history of Boba Fett and how, you know, Boba Fett was this sort of icon even before Empire Strikes Back and and how, like, you know, it was his favourite character and everyone kind of obsessed with, over him as a kid. And, and I, you know, just seeing that passion and then the fact that he's the one kind of doing the Boba Fett episode and the way that he's bringing him to life and how he's talking about how, you know, he has to be this kind of different Mandalorian and, and you know, this individual and I you know I, I just I was kind of surprised that that level of passion that was coming from him and and also you know shout out to always having a guitar on set as well I thought that was just, you know just there kind of strutting around with the guitar on set and just you know um <laughs> looking cool um but yeah clearly they've just in terms of pairing up the directors with the the episodes it's it's yeah it's amazing how they've kind of done it so effectively and so well and you know being able to bring in like big bigger names and as well as actors um as well as you know Filoni and and Peyton Reed as well um who's kind of you know had done some episodes before and and just seeing them how they work all together in, in some in quite just a beautifully kind of cohesive unit to, to bring the vision to light um just so satisfying I mean it's it's, it's there's just there's so much joy from everyone on set that they clearly know that they're making something really cool and fun and just being able to do it is just such an honor and yeah and, and as we've kind of discussed on previous episodes you know throughout the mandalorian series 2 um podcast you know clearly disney really have invested so much into this that you know they they've realized that mandalorian season one was you know really well received and and you know, quite a winner and like, you know, in many ways and, you know, and also after the kind of divisiveness of, of the new trilogy um, to have this, this series kind of bringing a new, a new aspect to Star Wars and the Star Wars universe and so effectively. And then, you know, just seeing how this season has been made and, and what they've kind of thrown at it and put it together. It's, yeah, you can see just how dedicated they are to like making it success and, um, and, you know, Hats off to them, you know, for for doing this because, yeah, I was worried to see where you know they might be taking Star Wars, you know, in the future. Um, but you know, seeing this and 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 I mean the results from it as well, uh, and then just kind of the unity on set and and the way that they're, yeah, you know, and also just seeing Favreau, you know, who when when I started this call, listeners, I I had to I had to say something straight off the bat, which is that John Favreau, the way he conducts himself on this, is exactly how my co-host Ben conducts himself. <laughs> uh, like on whenever we've worked together on festival sites and 
events and everything like Ben is the John Favreau of the London general kind of rock scene and you know like you know that he's involved in so just stay tuned for for ben you know being a, a producer <laughs> on star wars because like he is made for it <laughs> i could not think that um and i just had to you know drop that to you because like yeah you 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 need to be on one of those sets man <laughs> <laughs> hey uh, you know i'm free anytime <laughs> <laughs> john if you're listening i'm, ben, fr- I'm free anytime and i'm kind of like maybe maybe I'm working. I'm not allowed to talk about it, but maybe I'm working on a Disney project right now. But I can't tell you what it is, um, and I can't tell you what I do on it. But you know, it, all I'm saying is it might be once it's a, a step away. It's not quite Star Wars, but it's a, it's a step away from it. But it's in the right direction. Exactly, <laughs> and that, that's direction. all I can pretty much say. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's all you can say. But like you know. He, he, uh, as like standard on any kind of uh, <laughs> uh, Disney projects, you sign away your whole entire life just to be on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but just know that he he is a capable man, John. If you're out there listening to this random Star Wars podcast, <laughs> yeah, John, I'm a capable man. Okay, so if you're ever like feeling unwell for a couple of days, I can fill in. I can yeah. do the same stuff. It's all right. I can point and tell people to go that way, and. I can say when, yeah. you know, Mando should be shooting his gun on his own and not shooting his gun. I'm your guy. And, and I'll guy. be, uh, you know, telling you that you're doing it really right, you know, and, and yeah. you know, being a sort of on-site consultant, you know. I mean, I, I won't even take a fee, you know. I'll just, I'll just be there kind of like crying. No, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just do that. Just pay my travel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to give everything away for free, but just pay my travel and accommodation. <laughs> yep. And, and, um, uh, one yeah. another thing I loved is I love even more Tamura Morrison. Oh my god, yeah, he was he, he's epic in this, and you know, it just he, makes you it just makes you love him more, doesn't it? When he's yeah. just talking about, he almost like he's he's kind of Boba Fett to a certain extent in real life. Yeah, yeah, and uh, badass. And also, yeah, the way he was. I mean, I love the way he talked about, you know, being that sort of original gunslinger because he kind of nails that, the spirit of Boba Fett so well. And then also, you know, the fact that he's bringing that Maori side of him to mm. the character and the role. And it works so well. Um, and it's just, it's really cool to be able to see him infuse that sort of aspect of his, you know, his own culture into into such an epic role and, 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 you know, and it works, as I said, it works so well, you know, like Boba Fett is the, the sort of, you know, the physicality of him, he really becomes like this force to be reckoned with. And, you know, when he says, you know, it's the, the hacker, the, you know, the fire breath and it's like, Oh my God, that is Boba Fett. Like he is the fire breath, you know, he is the fire breath of Star Wars that, you know, everyone sees him. And it's like, Oh, getting a bit hot under the collar, you know, I mean, him alongside Darth Vader, I would say maybe, but you know, <laughs> they are those sorts of characters where it's just, it just breathes energy into like scenes, you know, and, and the way that Boba Fett is introduced in that episode. I mean, Oh God, you know, like when slave one comes out the sky, I was just, Oh, exploding. So to see, to see the making of that, and you know, as I say, with Robert Rodriguez and his sort of dedication to the character and his love of it. And just felt so right. Um, this, this is why you have no worry whatsoever about the book of Boba Fett because it's being produced by Favreau and Filoni again 
and you almost feel with that connection what part of me just says just give the whole series to Rodriguez if it's a series or limited show whatever it is yeah I was wondering have they said anything about it being limited or series I feel like it would be limited I would have thought it would be limited as well Mm. Um, but I don't know if they've said anything in particular about what it is it's the book of Boba Fett, isn't it? It's coming in um, December of next year. Uh-huh. And um, you've also got... It's coming around the exact same show. Exact same show. Exact same time that uh, the next Mandalorian season yeah. is coming. So I feel it's either going to... I don't feel it would... It wouldn't make sense for Star Wars because they want all the attention to be on Disney Plus, don't they? So it yeah. wouldn't make sense for them to run it at the same time. It's either going to run leading up to it or follow it. In my mind, I would say it would run leading up to it just because of the way it happens at the very end of this season. So it almost makes sense that you follow a continuation of that story before yeah. going back into... The Mandalorian, but I believe from what it seems like, it's a series, a limited series. Yeah, I mean, it makes, sense. makes sense for them, wouldn't it? Because yeah. you've got you've got the same people, and as I understand it, the only Star Wars series that's coming before the Book of Boba and Mandalorian season three is Bad Batch, because mm. I think everything else, well, the next one's slated, isn't it? Andor's in production now. Obi Wan, I think, I think it's scheduled to start production. If not, has just started production. So it's around the production part of its existence at this very point in time. Mm. So it makes sense to you, doesn't it? Really, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna tee them up, you put the bad batch out. I don't know May time, May summer time, because you've got to host a couple of Marvel shows. You've got three Marvel shows. So they're almost. It makes sense to you why you have the Disney, uh, the Star Wars shows coming in, the live action Star Wars shows that is coming in December because I think Disney Plus is kind of going to sit back and go, "Hey Marvel, you take most of 2021 mm. with Wandavision, Falcon and Winter Winter Soldier, Loki, and maybe." Um, Black Widow, because we don't know what the state of cinema releases is going to be. So you're going to have all that Marvel content, and then it makes sense. Like, right, how are we going to finish up the year? Same way we finished up last year. Let's have four, five, six episodes of Book of Boba Fett, and which could, hey, that could cameo the Mandalorian. Mm. Or cameo any Mandalorian characters that we've already seen so far. Well, it is already. It's got two. Yeah, yeah. So you very much could have the last episode of Book of Boba going straight into episode one of the Mando. Yeah, and I uh, I agree with you completely that it would be a great build up to the new series of the Mandalorian, especially where the Mandalorian is now. It's on. It's going to be on season three. Mm. I mean, season two has been massive, and as far as I can tell, it's been very, very, very well received. Um, I mean, we've received it incredibly well, you know, <laughs> um, 
and I mean, everyone online was kind of going crazy at the last episode and, and the, all the episodes leading up to it. Uh, to it. Um, so it would make sense, I think, for uh, the book of Boa to be a a lead up to it, and especially because who knows where season three of Mandalorian will kind of go in terms of the direction of you know it might be more of an emotional deeper series in terms of exploring the Mandalorian's character and Grogu in his training. And so, you know, maybe there is not as much action as in season two, uh, or the action is kind of more concentrated in different ways. So maybe, you know, you need like kind of some more Mandalorian ass kicking through the book of Boba, you know, which will just be a, a kind of, I mean, I, I'm imagining that it's just going to be an ass kicking, you know, joy ride uh, with, you know, Fennec Shand and, and Boba Fett, like in their new kind of, and I'm also hoping that we see, you know, the the history of Boba Fett a little bit, you know, because um, mm-hmm. I feel that, you know, the, with the way they're producing things, I would love to see a, a kind of Boba Fett surviving after, you know, the Sarlacc pit and what happened there and, and how he was able to kind of train himself back and, you know, get back to, to you know, the, well, the point that we see him at. Um, so it, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how they'll balance the two, as you said. Like, it, and it makes sense as well that Marvel, that 2021 will be a Marvel year because of, like, all the things they have lined up. And because they've announced all these Star Wars series, it feels like, yeah, like, get ready. It's coming. But first, <laughs> we have all this Marvel great stuff to, to show you, you know. Oh, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> well, what Disney Plus are kind of doing, aren't they? It's they're kind of, they're going opposite. They're making a streaming ser- service event television like netflix isn't as much event television it's just always pumping out so much stuff and so much stuff gets lost and they pick like one show a month to highlight or every couple of weeks to highlight but disney plus are like well, we don't have to do that because we've got such a well-rounded catalog when it comes to marvel and star wars we can give each series its own time and unless they have to overlap, we're not going to make them overlap. Yeah. It's so a, it makes, it, makes this a, it brings back the linear event television that you would have before streaming services where it's like everyone's just going to have to tune in. Yeah. And get um, um, it's a perfect way because they're like, well, why are we going to give away a series to everyone to binge in an afternoon when it could be something for them to look forward to every Friday night? It's going to be a new Marvel show or a new Star Wars show. I mean, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I was a fan of these things, especially with Star Wars, yeah. and you're used to waiting years to getting them in the cinema, yeah. and now you're effectively getting that same. Let's say Boba puts out six episodes, well, then you're getting 14 weeks of Star Wars films, essentially. Yeah, and I'm 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 curious. I was intrigued when they announced all those series and and just how many there were. Because it feels like that's like a lot, and exactly as you said, like how are they going to be lining these up? Because actually, you know, whilst you said like, yeah, it's kind of more of a TV kind of dropping an episode every week, and they'll have so much material for that. Um, but then also, like, there's so much material that maybe they will drop some series in like a kind of limited series drop at once way. You know, maybe Book of Boba will come out all at once, and then the other ones will be kind of dripped out, like the longer ones, like Mandalorian and. Um, uh, Rebels as well. Um, I, I, see, I, I just don't think it will. I think like Book of Boba, it'll just be an episode a week and it will lead in. It will literally be them taking, you'll get eight episodes of The Mandalorian, probably four episodes of Boba and then you've got ten weeks worth of 
content. So when 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 will they start? Do you, is there release dates on the other kind of series? Have they kind of laid them out, like in terms of how? I think they announced before when that the Mando was going to be coming, December twenty twenty one, and Boba's, and then obviously that was announced ages ago, and then the book of Boba has been announced in December twenty twenty one. But with release schedules, it always changes. So they'll just make it fit around. So you could either have Boba starting like, I don't know, the first Friday in December of 2021. And then the first episode of Mando either comes in the first week of Jan or the last week of December. Uh. Something like that. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if they run straight into one another there's no gap in between because effectively you don't need a gap in between unless they're like premiering a film Mm, yeah you don't really need a gap in between yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do i mean ahsoka is a limited series right i think i've I've read it yeah so that will be interesting as well to see when that that, that's kind of because also i'm curious to see you know with with ahsoka and book of boba being set at the same time as rebels and mandalorian and I feel like Disney is like gearing up to do a sort of Marvel style interspersion of, you know, these different series and having characters kind of coming in and out in events in one kind of affecting, you know, events in another series. And, and I mean, you know, with John Favreau at the kind of helm, I mean, I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what they do. And, and, you know, as we, I mean, we've discussed so many times in this podcast, like just the extent of, um, of the galaxy at this point that, you know, we're all so intrigued between, you know, what's happened between return of the Jedi and, um, and the force awakens and, 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 you know, the state, the galaxy is in and everything, you know, the remnants of the empire to the new Republic to, you know, the formations of the first order and Luke and, and the Jedis and what, what's left of the Jedis really. Um, that there's like this whole wealth of material that can be created and, so I'm quite excited to have all these like interspersing sort of um, story arcs. That hopefully, I'm, I'm, well, I'm sure that they will bring it together because it feels like you know, I mean, it would be ridiculous if they don't, especially because they're all at the same time as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing. There's so much. Uh, what we've one thing we've learned from the Mandalorian, I feel, and it's not that we didn't know it, is that obviously Star Wars operates in such a vast galaxy planet species timeline there's so much to explore we've spent so much of our time around certain characters certain families and stuff that your mind's not automatically operated uh, automatically like operating in that world where you can explore different civilizations and different species like we do the tuscan raiders and various other species in the mandalorian so what the Mando's shown us is like Star Wars is so huge in scope and it's probably bigger than you thought it could be. Mm. So when you have Ahsoka, the TV series, you have Rangers of the Republic and you have the Book of Boba and they're all around the same timeline, it makes perfect sense because there's just so, there's such a vastness to it that they can all be around the same timeline and not even intertwine. Yeah. Or they could intertwine, but that's the... I think what they're doing is they're seeing how successful the Mandalorian is 
in this specific timeline. Right. And all the series, if you think about it, aren't too far away from this timeline. Andor, the Cassian Andor series, is set for a yeah. new hope. Yeah. Leading up to a new hope. But it's within like, I don't know, six, seven, six years or, you know, it's not too far away, is it? That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi, once again, is in that in-between time between Revenge of the Sith. I think it happens maybe 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So once again, that's going where Luke is in his coming up to being in his early teens. Yeah. So it's, it's it's all sticking around a certain type of area because it's realised with what's happened with the Mandalorian, the success of the Mandalorian. That's probably what's spearheaded. They've probably had like twenty projects up in the air, mm. and seen how successful the Mando's been, and go right. Well, that's we've already put at. Um, Andor and um, Obi-Wan Kenobi into production so we're going ahead of those because they're two characters that people already know mm. but let's put all these other series around the same timeline because look how successful and how much love is for the Mandalorian Yeah. so let's hunker down for a second and just, I know there's other series announced as well but let's hunker down and make the live action let's turn Star Wars into Marvel, but in at the moment it very much seems in a live action TV sense. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I have to say, I'm. I'm. I'm glad they're doing some of these series as limited series mm. uh, because I think they can get into you know the idea that you know Mandalorian is very successful, so that you know they'll make them all into kind of like full range series. And I have to say, actually, limited series are. I kind of love limited series, <laughs> uh, especially recently because you know I've watched a couple: um, Queen's Gambit and The Undoing, um, and both were kind of you know six to eight episodes, and it feels like an extended movie. You know, it's a really good way of kind of doing an in-depth character exploration across. You know, essentially like making a fleshed-out movie, and someone like Ahsoka, who, I mean, you know, there's so much detail to have there but then you also kind of she's not you know in the kind of classic star wars canon she's not like the biggest character or the most well-known character you know it's because she's much more of like a kind of dave filoni offshoot creation but i mean i also like shout out to dave filoni and and um you know when actually i'm just kind of thinking of like that moment with bo katan uh and you know mm. sackoff and you know when i love that moment that um you know it's when, like you might be doing this live action one yeah. day Exactly. That like, oh, okay. Yeah, I love that. They are. <laughs> yeah, that, that was such a lovely moment. Um, and yeah, so yeah, to see, I mean, you know, creation like Ahsoka uh, being, you know, given their own series, but in a limited way, I feel like, you know, I'm I'm really excited for that because as a character who I've just kind of come, across, you know, seeing her in the Mandalorian for the first time, really for me, um, and then, and but learning about her history with you know Anakin and. I mean, all sorts, and up until this point, you know, there's there's such a, that will be such a great story to tell, I think, and then, and doing it in a limited series way mean, means that they'll have some constraints on it, on how they're going to tell it, and I feel that it's going to be really cinematic and epic and action-packed as well, um, and just, you know, because it's, it's, you're going to have the Jedi kind of epic fighting, you know, then, you know, the from the 
Jedi, you know, temple days to Order 66 to like afterwards and, and you know, up until the point of the Mandalorian that there's there's some good storytelling to be told there. And um, I'm very excited to see what they'll do with the limited series because, yeah, as I said, there's been such great, we've been, you know, I mean, I don't know, have you watched Queen's Gambit recently at all? I, it's on my list of things to watch, yeah. but I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Again, like, just a really effective series that you can watch in like a day. Um, I think it's like eight episodes, um, but they're so cinematically kind of done. And I felt, you know, I actually felt a lot. You know, it's interesting with Mandalorian season two. It felt like that, that each episode was almost, it was almost like a limited series because each episode was so well crafted that, you know, I mean, it, each one almost felt like a film, you know, um, mm. and with the amount of like kind of creation into it and, you know, I'm really watching this, um, this making of it, it just, yeah, it just highlights to you how like, important these things are so i think i think it's wise for disney to do some as a limited series some as a kind of you know and that, you know and to be honest yeah they'll probably like gauge the reactions of some and be like hey it was a limited series but you loved it so much they so will bring it back for some more <laughs> yeah so you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see whether they'll t- i mean you know once all these series are out it really will be such a fleshed out universe mm. um yeah I'm, yeah, I'm sure, you know, eventually we'll kind of look back in like five years' time and be like, wow, they really did quite a number on all these things. And it's quite, you know, like looking kind of over the whole span of, of Star Wars and the directions they've taken it in, you know, from the movies. Um, well, it's going to be more fleshed out than ever before, isn't it? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the great thing about it, is it's going to be... And the, and the other thing is you're going to get at least... I don't know if this has been announced already... But I'm just um, looking up now on what information has been given on Ahsoka. Okay, it just says Rosaria Dawson will, will start, but it would baffle me. I wouldn't if Dave Filoni is not in charge of that whole limited run. Mm. That would what that's what makes sense. So with the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba, and Ahsoka all being run by the same people. You're going to have Favreau producing on Ahsoka, undoubtedly. You're probably going to have them involved in Rangers of the Republic. We know they're involved in the Book of Boba, so it's going to be exactly the same setup as Mandalorian. And I would be very surprised if the Ahsoka series is not written and directed all by Dave Filoni with Favreau producing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So with that, you know, it's very much like a Kevin Feige thing, isn't it? They're kind of like, in the same way that the Russo brothers did so much for Marvel in Captain America Winter Soldier, Endgame, Infinity War, you know, and Captain America Civil War. They they did so much for that series. It's like, if it's working so well, you don't always need to change it. So just let these guys tell these limited runs and series because it's all, it's just going to benefit everyone. Yeah. And uh, I'm also very intrigued to see, um, you know, um, like, for example, with Rangers of the Republic, uh, will they bring back uh, any main Star Wars canon characters into, into, you know, new roles or new kind of lights, we should say. Um, personally, I have to say I'd love to see Princess Leia kicking ass in the New Republic and, you know, taking names and getting shit done. <laughs> um, because... Leia, for me, is like in the original trilogy, I, I really do love her as a character and like kind of her 
have feistiness and I, I feel that in the new um, films that we almost I wanted more Leia um, just because she's just such a, a great character in the Star Wars universe she's seen so much and been so much and kind of you know she's just this very sensual character and, and yeah I mean I'm just looking forward to the brains of the Republic and hopefully like her kind of being being brought to life as this 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 great politician really in, in this new world and kind of managing all the political complications that, that comes with running a, a galaxy, um, <laughs> which I'd imagine is quite a few, quite a few, Ben. <laughs> three, three, like, yeah, give me as much Leia as possible because uh, I love Leia and I love Carrie Fisher and I know we can't have Carrie Fisher, but get, yeah. give, us, give us Leia in some way. In some way, I mean, you've given us Luke, and it was delightful. Oh, so, so oh. but also for me, three characters, please. Can I have Nine Num? Can I have Admiral Akbar? And can I have Chewbacca in Rangers of the Republic? Because why not? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if, like, on a mission with Admiral Akbar, Nine Num, and Chewbacca? Yeah, you know, yeah. Only one of them's properly making sense. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Akbar. And then all you're getting is uh, <laughs> Chewbacca. Worst Chewbacca impression ever. And um, yeah, there you go. That's a bit better. <laughs> and then you're just getting Nine Num. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't really say much of sense anyway. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I think that was the way he spoke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing also about this gallery thing, which makes me. Because I was. So the title of the gallery episode of Making of Season 2, and it's just over an, about an hour and six, hour and ten minutes, this Making of documentary. But there's two things that I noticed about it. One, in the clip of this, or the trailer of this, there is a clip of George Lucas and Ahsoka, Rosario Dawson, which you do not get to see mm. in this. And also, there is no coverage whatsoever of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that was which a makes me feel: Are we getting a mm. second episode, which would be on? This dropped on Christmas Day, didn't it? So maybe New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Yeah, maybe Christmas Day. So are we? Are we getting a second episode? I hope we are. You will probably, by the time this is released, if we would have seen it, if we did. <laughs> but we're just saying what we noticed, uh, what I noticed, especially, like, because it would be great to see, because I know Lucas was on The Mandalorian, and Lucas was so heavily involved in the Clone Wars animated series, it would make sense yeah. to have him. Um, also, Doug Chang. Just I've just got it on in the background, guys, and just seeing Doug Chang sit there. Yeah chat about changing things and moving things around what an absolute legend doug chang is yeah such so a visionary happy, so like i think he left lucasfilm at one point but i think he's very much back in lucasfilm he's uh he's a master of star wars that man yeah i mean he well he's he's the one who had the idea for the ice spider i think bringing it back from empire uh empire strikes back mm. uh, yeah i mean such a clear visionary um and yeah, to have it like, I mean, that's, 
that's what the Mandalorian feels like it's filled with, you know, just like visionary people who just are so in love with exploring the concepts that they're just really dedicated to bringing it to life in the right way. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the scenes which, you know, we didn't even pick up on at the time, um, but was such a, I love how they cover it in this is, uh, you know, Boba Fett's ship slave one and how it goes from being, you know, horizontal to vertical. How it rotates. Yeah. Middle, and, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that they kind of honed in on that and it was like, oh my God, of course. Like, <laughs> we didn't talk about it in the episode, but seeing them talk about it, it's like, yeah, it's, that's such a cool detail that we did. I love how they bring it to life, and that's like the first time we ever see the inside of Slave One, really. Um, mm. you know, unless you kind of read the, I suppose the offshoot comics and stuff um, back in the day, but it's a uh, it's such a cool moment. And again, you know, that's just one of those details that, like, it's like seeing you know Favreau and Filoni discussing the reactions of people, and and just those there are just just so many layers to of thought that have gone into the production. Um, also now I'm just seeing you know Robert Rodriguez's um, kind of his own Mandalorian trailer that he made with his sons and his yes yeah the animatic he did with his sons in his yeah. back garden. yeah exactly and it's just again you know it's it's that dedication to that everyone from people on set to like the guest directors has to the series and to making it it's just that's joyful to watch really really joyful. Well, it's like, there's so much to look forward to, guys. 2021, we're going to cover so much to let you know. We're going to cover the WandaVision series. We're going to cover the Winter Soldier, Captain America series. uh, Captain America, sorry, Falcon series. We're going to cover the Loki series. We're obviously going to cover the Bad Batch if it comes out in 2021. We're going to cover Mandalorian season three. We're going to cover Book of Boba and every major Star Wars thing happening in 2021 we're going to cover we're going to also I think we're going to cover um, Godzilla versus Kong and some monster uh, shows so we're going to do like a revisit of the current monster lineup and the Godzilla and the Kong and everything that's going on there uh-huh. so that we because uh, that would be a great event to be involved in and like Black Widow we cover and anything DC related that's coming out next year. We're going to cover the Snyder Cut of Justice League, Wonder Woman 84, most likely. So, so much. And we're going to have some special guests dotted throughout the year as well. So, mm-hmm. man, a lot to look forward to. Oh, hell yeah. I need to get some new glasses, I think, in that case. We've got a lot to watch and yeah. lots of chat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Arts needs to do just some personal little touch-ups and he'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> just a few things, uh, Ben. Just let me get ready. And also, you know, like, uh, we also have to, like, you know, fan mail this to John Favre and just, you know, try and mark us, or at least you, in for you know, the next series, you know, just production-wise. Just, yeah, see, see you uh, on set, guys, of yeah, uh, Season 3. <laughs> you know, wink, 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 John. You know, like, we've already done a, a number of episodes about, you know, about Star Wars, so... No. We're fully qualified. <laughs> this is our Robert Rodriguez love letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm so looking forward to 2021 and, and everything there is to upcoming. So, so come on, 2021. Let's do this. Do this.
Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you. Thank <laughs> you.